0: Hello, it's Andrew May and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, bite-sized edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. What happens when a professional sports player stops playing sport? Or what happens when any professional business person stops doing business? In this bite-sized from podcast number 28... Myself, Shane Lee and Phil Kearns have lunch as part of Shane's podcast, Lunch with Lee. It's great, I love seeing Shano at work. You know, Two things that Shane does well is tell a story and the other thing is having lunch and he combines his beautifully recording with a podcast so you can hear the noise of the restaurant in the background as well. In this Bite Size edition, Shane, Phil and I talk about what happens to professional sports players when they are not mentally prepared for the end of their playing career. And what also happens if they are. I do a lot of work with athletes on this now around transition and especially a young athlete who might have a decade or even longer to go in their career will look at me and go, why are you talking about what's next now? Well, When you plan or when you future-proof yourself, you don't put all your eggs in the one basket. When you plan or future-proof yourself, it can also take the pressure away and it can also give you other interests. And I found this so often with athletes I'm working with, when they start studying or work part-time or they're just doing hobby or working in the community, Their game or their sport tends to go a lot better as well. I really appreciated Shane and Phil sharing their own personal stories on how they adapted to life outside of sport. And they're both very successful in business in their own right. So there's lots of rich lessons in this bite-sized edition.
1: Maisie, just a a quick one, Uh, in short, you you would have coached um, both team sport players and individual athletes. What's the biggest difference? Is there a real selfishness with individual athletes?
0: Yeah, selfishness, self-centeredness. Uh, if you get the self-centeredness right, they yeah. can still assimilate back into the real world. Right. Selfishness, some elite athletes that I have worked with, trained with, often never make the transition back. So I think naturally in a team sport, you've got 11, 13, 15, 18 in AFL. So you actually have to know about team and about communication, otherwise you just get hooked. So yeah, I find... It's much tougher, though, in, in individual sports. Like, if you look at an Olympic sport, we're talking about Oli Hall. If he wins, it's his fault. If he loses, it's his fault. I'm
2: sure you've had a, a, a game, Phil. And what's what's what?
1: Well, the, back, the backs are more like individuals, are they? It yeah, wasn't. yeah, you know, you know, they do
2: swap makeup colors and things like that, what they do. With, with nail polish no, now, no not colours. No, actually, it was a, it's a really good question, because I didn't know I was allowed to ask questions, but no, I, was going, to, I was going to ask you that, because I, you think about a tennis player, and all they do all day is think about themselves, yep. and then when they're sick thinking about themselves, they hire someone to think about them, and, yeah. and, like, how do you. The only normal tennis player I ever met was, um, was Patty Rafter. And I think that's because he had about a thousand brothers and sisters. And, like, you have to care about other people yeah. in that. We're scenario. getting into
0: a domain. I'll do this short, Shano, because this is what I do in my podcast. <laughs> yeah. But when we talk about mental skills, individual or team athletes feel you look at that base. So, what's the storytelling? But also, what's your identity? And if an athlete is the rugby player, the cricket player, the water polo polo athlete, and they're nothing else outside that, they're the ones that really struggle because invariably the tournaments and the trophies come and go and you're left with you and relationships and what you are. So I spend a lot of time with our young players at Parramatta who are you outside of rugby league? Uh, you know, what, what do you do in the community? What are your hobbies and interests? And uh, but I, I, I've got five of our players at Parramatta studying, and, and I think that's the biggest achievement I've made there personally. Yeah. Because what, do, what are they studying? Uh, it's psychology, right? Okay. Only psychology. Ryan Madison's doing a, a combined uh, phys ed psych. Uh, Will Pennisi is doing a, a business
1: course. I oh, look, look forward to seeing the results. <laughs> 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 no, yeah,
0: can, can I ask? I, I I've got a question. Files, I just <laughs> <Files>. <laughs> um, for both of you. I, I was thinking about this. You, you got two, both two World Cups each in, in two yeah, very challenging, tough sports. A lot of athletes don't make the transition to then a life outside that, let's say the business world, philanthropy, whatever it is. So Phil, I'll start with you first. What did you do to get down, Eddie Cowan said this beautifully, you get to the top of the mountain and then you can see the next mountain and a lot of elite athletes think you're just gonna paraglide across, but you gotta come down and start again. So what did you do? Uh,
2: I was lucky because half of my career was amateur and the other half was professional. So the amateur game, you knew that you had to have a life outside and so you were preparing for that you know, 10 years in advance. Um, So it was always in the back of your mind that that's that's what you had to do. And so when you'd go to a function or whatever it might be, I'm gonna talk to that dude because I don't know what they do, but they could be (laughs) important to me in the future. But you know, without consciously saying that to yourself, that's essentially what you were doing and that's how you mix with people and that's how you built your contacts and that's what makes the world go around. But it also gives you a broader perspective on life and you know, a lot of athletes do the same to me as they would to you. They say, what, what should I do when I finish rugby? And I go, okay, well first thing you do is you write down all the things that you don't want to do and then that narrows the thing of what you do want to do and then you start working through, as you would, with their skills and what can they do moving forward and try and give them some sort of basis for, for that. And confidence. I remember chatting to one of the swimmers who remained nameless, uh, but he, he said to me, one of the issues he had, is there was only two things in his life. From the time he was a little boy all the way through to winning Olympic medals, there was time and there was distance. They're the only two factors in his life. And when you go out to the big world, there's a billion other factors yeah. that you've got to take into in the, in the... It's,
1: it's really interesting what you said, because I think my timing-wise, I started for New South Wales in 1989. I know you made your debut in 89. I finished in 2002, and 89 and 95 was semi-professional. I think I put the semi in professional. There. <laughs> but, um, and then from that next part, it was... And, yeah, so I went to university and, and knew I had to study. And I wanted to, too. I wanted to, you know, you're in a real bubble in, in a elite sporting team, and uh, if you get caught up in that sort of you get bogged down in the minutia of, of that existence. But don't you want to hold,
0: you're flippant on this, and you go, "I studied, yeah. but yeah. You, you did. You played two World Cups. You retired pretty young. You were 29. 29 your yeah. knees. We'll try yeah. to get them sorted out. And yeah. you and I had some, some discussions on yeah. that as well at the time. A good Paddy Farhart, yeah. I think, said, "Make get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> go yeah. do something else." But but what did you do? Because you've with Maxi you built and sold a business and been successful, and now what you're doing with, well, with podcasting?
1: For, for me, I, I always found. Um, all my mates that I, I sort of, um, i still got now, were, were mates outside of cricket. So I wasn't relying on my teammates. Um, I wanted to get out of that world. I was always interested in other people. And, and I remember those functions. I, I was one of the few guys actually talking to everyone. And, and it wasn't. Yeah, so important and because and, and you, you never know where you're going to end up. And and the big thing is be nice. You know, it's so hard to be fucking nice.
0: Gilly's on the board of Travelex yeah. because of that. you know, He yeah, went to a Travelex right, function. I think that most of the Aussie team were like, oh, let's get out of here. What time's first bus? Yeah. Uh, Gilly was still chatting. Hey, it's Andrew, and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends, and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice focusing on all things human performance, go to AndrewMaid.com where you can explore the books I have written, including Matchfit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, The AM Edition.